Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Are Maroon and Gold, a podcast featuring me, Chandler Ellsbecker. And me, Aaron Williams. Aaron, I don't know what to say here other than tomorrow there's a football game, and I'm really happy there's about that fact. There's, there is a football game. There, there is a football game, and it's, it's beautiful. The last month-ish is, is when it's really turned on for me, and then this week I've been kind of speed running my uh, my blog stuff as, as you know as much as I can um, and just you know when you drink so much preseason from the hose you, you you come to really really want the real thing once it shows up I'm ge- I'm gonna be really happy to be in that stadium tomorrow night which I guess will probably be uh, tonight for those of you listening because um, we're recording this on Wednesday but um, it's, a, it's a good good thing. Absolutely. This will be basically our topic this whole time, not just going back and forth and saying football is good, but talking about football. That is the agenda. You can you can throw throw away any any other words. So you were not able to watch a lot of week zero. You know, you're at a festival. But uh, you know, there were some games that we can at least give some lip service to. I don't know if there are any that were that good aside from Northwestern Nebraska. I know Austin P kept it closer than they should have against Western Kentucky. But looking at the stores, I don't think anyone really missed anything if they were, say, at a festival. Yeah, no, no. And I got most of Nebraska Northwestern, which was about which was as much, if not more, than I could have hoped for as far as a competitive game to watch uh, week zero. So no complaints there. Caught a little bit of the very end of Nevada, you know, uh, New Mexico State, but that wasn't good. So not a lot good, but. You know, it's week zero, so expectations were, were tempered appropriately. It didn't help in the evening slot. Like, it seemed like every game being played south of Mason-Dixon was in a weather delay. Like, even in Las Cruces and El Paso, there were weather delays. In Atlanta for the MEAC SWAC Challenge, there was a weather delay. Um, so, like, there was this window where, like, if you don't have whatever channel you're missing you were kind of with that without football for like an hour or so so I, I started watching soccer at that point but but yeah it was not the best slot it was very much a it's football kind of day after northwestern nebraska got finished we're going to talk a bit about northwestern and nebraska in the context of asking our last gophers preseason question um, you can find all the others on the last few episodes of We Are Moon and Gold um, on my blog. You know, there, there are there are ways of getting to this however you listen to this podcast. And that last question we are going to ask is, what will the Golden Gophers record be in the 2022 season? Yes, not counting bowl games. <laughs> yeah, not counting bowl games because it's just easier that way, you know. Yeah. So just eyeballing things, where do you put this team relative to the other programs in the West? You know, I mean, I I don't want to read too much into Nebraska and Northwestern, but it seems like those are two very very flawed teams. You know, Nebraska definitely has a higher upside and probably should be better. Um, But, you know, I mean, I think you can say right now, you can you're not, you wouldn't be wrong for saying to have a better feeling about the Gophers than you do Nebraska at this point. I know a few people had them, you know, ranked or whatever, overhyped, but 
I, 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 I put us a notch ahead of Nebraska. That obviously could change. Obviously, that could all change. Uh, Purdue, I just, I just have no idea on Purdue. You know, I'm, I, I, I'd say it feels, it feels 50-50. You know, but that's a well-coached team, and on a good year, they, you know, they, they can, they can do damage. They can beat a lot of teams. Uh, in Northwestern, I put us a, a class ahead of, I would say. Um, and then who else? So then Illinois, the, the, then Illinois, we're, we're, we're better than. I know they beat us last year, but I don't have much faith in that program right now. And then it comes down to Wisconsin, Iowa. Uh, I'd probably put us ahead of Iowa, a little behind Wisconsin, uh, just because that Wisconsin running game. I know we contained it last year, but man. Man, he's good, um, and he's probably going to be even better this year. They're going to have a full season of that, so probably behind Wisconsin. Although Wisconsin's quarterback play could certainly, uh, how do you say that? Could could and po- very likely will hold them back, hold them back from reaching whatever their full potential is. I view Iowa and Wisconsin fairly similar lights as you. I I think. Iowa's defense is probably going to be better, in my opinion. I think they bring more back uh, in the right places. Wisconsin, you know, they it's automatic. We're like they're going to have a top 10 defense every year. Just I, I think it's possible it's going to be further towards the back end of the back 10 than the front end. And, I, you know, Iowa, because they've got so much back, they need a bit of more of a pass rush and – you know, there there are questions to ask about that secondary um, when you lose Dane Belton. But on the other hand, I I think they've they've just got they did it a job of rotating enough guys in and out to where they're not just throwing in a bunch of freshmen um, yeah. start for them. And I I think that the floor is higher for Iowa. I I think that the number of new players in the front seven for Wisconsin, especially replacing Chanel and Sanborn, those two inside linebackers yeah. are just both incredibly good. That's going to be really difficult. Replacing some of those cornerbacks is going to be difficult. So I, I, I think Wisconsin will be basically close to elite, but not quite there. Or if they are elite, you know, it all depends on what your definition is still behind Iowa. But on the other hand, I think Iowa's offense is going to be just wretched. Um, yeah. I don't see any way they're going to move the ball, frankly, because we know what Petrus is. We are pretty sure we know what Alex Padilla is, neither of which is a good thing. Goodson's gone, right? Yeah, Goodson is gone. Uh, they lost Tyler Linderbaum to the NFL, which is the one good offensive lineman they had. They lost two of their receivers as transfers to Purdue. They... They have a very, very thin and very, very young receiver group right now. So it's hard to see like what what's gonna work here. You can't just force feed Sam Laporte of the ball on six yard routes and expect to, to move the ball consistently. So I think that's going to hold them back more than anything. It also does not help their chances that they play Ohio State and Michigan in the cross division this year, which I figure is gonna be two losses. I know lots of people look at Michigan going to Kinnick probably at night and, you know, kind of start talking about how spooky it is or whatever. And I get that. But on the other hand, I think I was just going to be the, the, the problems offensively are just going to be too great probably to overcome. As far as the rest of the division, 
I think Purdue is probably your your best challenger other than, you know, the two obvious ones. But on the other hand, Bell and Tarloftis. Those were good. Know, those, were, <laughs> those were some good ones. Those were some really good ones. And not only are they without those two guys, um, they also are without Milton Wright this year because he's academically ineligible. So they've got a whole lot of bodies in that receiver group um, and some potential there. But like, you know, wh where is the top end receiver there? Is it Abdurrahman Yassin? Could be. Was, was Tyrone Tracy maybe not living up to his full potential in Iowa? Maybe. But it's, it's a whole lot of questions. And their offensive line is, is, is really bad as well. So, you know, I, I think the defense is probably going to be okay. I think the offense is also probably going to be okay. But I don't necessarily think that that they're going to be more than like the fourth best team in the West, or at least like have the fourth best chances of making it to the, the title game. I, I think Minnesota is better than Purdue and probably a smidge better than Iowa, probably behind Wisconsin. As, as far as the lower end, you know, I don't think Northwestern winning taught me a ton about Northwestern. I think it taught me much more about Nebraska you don't think Helensky looked better than we thought he might? It's easy to, to look better when you're only throwing like eight yards downfield every time. I, I just, I was not impressed by their their offense very much aside from the running backs. I'm willing to see if the offensive line is just significantly better than it was last year and has been for a few years just because, you know, they've got Staronsky, who's really good at left tackle. And they did push around Nebraska really well, but I kind of think that says a lot more about Nebraska because the defense was already kind of troublesome up front last year, and they lost some pretty important players. Also lost some important players at the back as well. Like, I think Nebraska's line play might just suck on both sides of the ball. So yeah, Helensky looked better, but I also think they made things really easy on him. I think, you know, having a run game that, you know, th those two backs, especially Hull, looked really, really good. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think that, you know, I, I, I'm still betting on Northwestern finishing bottom of the conference. It would be fair to argue they have a better chance of bowling than I initially thought, but I, I'm, I'm very much in a wait-and-see type of thing with them. You know, I'll believe they're okay when they show me they're okay. Whereas Nebraska, like they, that defense is really bad. <laughs> that offensive line is really bad. And Casey Thompson just imploded in the second half. And I know everyone's honing in on the onside kick. I could go on a nerdy thing about how actually that's not the worst idea in the world. And it probably, you know, was not as big a factor as the fact your defense just got pushed around all day. But man, like there's just, when, when, when Thompson is so much worse in the second half than that, than he was in the first when your defense is not put up any kind of fight when you can't run the ball at all i'm not buying it but i do like their receivers those guys were were pretty threatening their tight end as well travis vocalek made a significant dent and similarly to northwestern i i'm waiting with illinois wyoming is replacing a whole lot they had a whole lot of guys transfer out 
they were only in the six last year. So like we generally think of them as a very competent program. And I said as much last week, but last week should probably adjust our expectations more of Wyoming um, than of Illinois. I just, I want to see more. I want to see more from Illinois. I want to see what happens when they face better teams before I believe it. Obviously, Tommy DeVito had a good day. They've got some really neat run designs, but I'm, I'm going to stick with my initial read of things is way too much turnover for this to be a good year for them. Um, yeah. Could be just a normal bad year as opposed to the complete train wreck I was expecting, but I'm not high on them at all. Is there any game outside the division that you are circling as like the biggest test, the one that may be the difference between you winning the division and finishing second, or the one that like you've really got to show something there, or that may, you know, have some pretty major ramifications with bowl selection, or just it's anything that feels really pivotal to you? Yeah, I mean, we talked about the Michigan State game, and that's that's the game that I for all the reasons I laid out earlier, I'm very curious about outside the division. Um, I think all of these games outside the division are important, though. I mean, certainly Michigan State, I mean, at Penn State, I mean, you're probably not going to be favored there just because it's it's Penn State and they're they're historically they're a good program. Look to have a pretty decent team this year, you know, but even versus Rutgers. I mean, Rutgers, you know, we, we've talked about, I mean, I know they're not great, but I mean, that's still that's still a game you could lose. <laughs> You know, that's that's a game, you know, if, if they're if they're if they're as I don't expect them to be good, but if they're as we expect, you know, that's a game that you could you 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 could slip and any you slip in any of those games and yeah, it, it has implications. Um the Michigan State game is the one I'm looking forward to the most, I would say, just because um I'm curious about both teams and like we have established and, you know, as far as that game goes, it, it, it's going to be a learning game, you know, for both of those teams. Nobody, we're not going to probably won't really have played anybody going into that. Um, neither will they. So that'll be a good, that'll be a good early test. I think that will, you know, again, teach us about the teams and um, potentially have implications as far as a cross division game goes um, down the line. Both Penn State and Michigan State, you know, They've really got to fix their offensive line situations. I don't, I don't know if you recall last year, but Kenneth Walker was kind of doing everything himself. Yeah. I do like what they have at the the rest of their, their offensive positions, though, especially Penn State having Parker Washington. Like, that's big. I don't know if you've watched a lot of that guy, but, like, he's wild. Just a, a, a slot receiver who, who probably can dunk a basketball at 5'10", really elusive, really explosive. He's maybe the best non-Smith and Jigba receiver in the Big Ten. I don't think that's totally unreasonable to say. I, I have not researched teams that the Dwarfers aren't playing super closely, but they're but he's he's really something and, and they've got this kid coming in, the number one running back recruit from last year. He's built like a cinder block and like you know, his straight line speed is out of this world. Uh so I, I think they've got some real talent there, but both both of those teams are are kind of in a, a a weird spot where they just have so many questions. Where Penn State was was really underwhelming last year, Michigan State was was really good, but just has to replace so much. I'm I'm interested in seeing where each of them go, both because the Gophers will play them, but also just they're they're kind of fascinating cases in a way. 
So we've talked plenty about the schedule. Is, is there any part of the team that like, we, we've touched on some things, but is there is there anything that you come into this season saying, this right here has to be better, or this right here has this real potential of making this an even better season than we think we're gonna get? I think out of the, you know, I mean, I think we've kind of covered all of the ground as far as things that we want to improve. I mean, I think that's no secret. You know, I would say if 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 Joe Rossi can, you know, pull another one <laughs> out of wherever, um, you know, if that if that defense can be as good, I don't think they will be as good as they were last year. But if you know, if he can if he can if he can do it again, you know, uh, either make a leap or just hold ground or only be slightly worse than last year, then I especially against the run because they were just so good against the run last year. I think we can be very, very, very good with the requisite improvements on the offensive side of the ball that we talk about every week. How, how do you feel about the offensive line? I feel pretty good. I mean, I feel like there's there's not, you know, you obviously lose, you know, you lose a lot, but you also bring in some guys and you have, you know, you have John Michael, you know, holding down, holding, holding down the fort. Um, you know, it, it's, it feels like more of a question than it was last year, but I don't see it as I don't see it as a weakness. I still see it as a potential probable probable strength. I would say, uh, even though you'll probably take a step back, just losing all that experience and and all of that mass from last year. I feel fairly similar. Where I I don't see the bottom falling out of that offensive line. I wonder about the right tackle situation because they might rotate three guys through there, which. Makes me a little hesitant to trust any one of them, especially since, you know, Martez Lewis hasn't played in a college game. Quinn Carroll didn't look very good at Notre Dame whenever he did get on, did get on the field. Like, there are questions. There's absolutely questions. Uh, among them also, can they protect Tanner Morgan if it's a straight drop back? But I, I would be very surprised if this team suddenly cannot move the ball on the ground. You know, yeah. there, there were tactical reasons why the running game was not as good as it needed to be last year. But in general, this should be a competent group. Yeah, and I, I think getting Mo back, I mean, if, if we're buying in that Mo's full strength, I mean, that is, as much as we like to devalue running backs, I mean, he is he is one of the best in the country at, at full strength. Yeah, and at the college level, there, there are a handful of guys who can make a legit difference. I think usually they have to be more explosive than Mo Ibrahim is. But just the, the number of tackles he breaks, yeah. his vision, his his cutting, you know, he obviously doesn't have incredible top-end speed, but, like, he gets to his top speed pretty quick, and he's just so, so hard to take down. Yeah. But, like, he, he gives you so many free yards. He he is one of the guys who I would say positively matters, you know, and the, the yes, discussion absolutely. of do running backs matter or not. I don't know how many of those guys truly exist at the NFL level, at least, you know, for longer than a year at a time. But I think at the college level, there are guys like that. And Mo is absolutely one of them. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully he'll be at full strength in the line. I mean, if that line can be good, they don't need to be great. But if they can be good and he's at full strength, that's a good combination. Any other position group you want to highlight? Any player you've read anything about or uh, otherwise just saying 
is worth discussing, even to ask a question of like, you know, what do you got? No, I would say again, I would I would say I feel like we've covered we've covered we've covered the ground. I feel like I'd just be repeating myself at this point, but I'm I'm very curious to see how the how the full thing pulls together. Again, especially defensively, especially on the offensive side, the philosophy. I'm just I'm just curious and you know, it's just the thing at the beginning of every year, just what is what does our team look like? <laughs> you know, what is our identity? What is our personality? What 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 is the how is the season gonna play out? I mean, it's it's, 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 I know that's a really general, not necessarily very interesting framing of it, but, you know, it's like you, you, as much as we, we, we feel like we know a lot about this team because of the continuity um, in terms of the coaching, in terms of the continuity, in terms of the players in the field, in terms of the opponents we're facing. Um, yeah, but we know a lot, but you still, there's some, there's some, there's some magic about just getting out there and, you know, tying, tying up the cleats and seeing who the, who the team is going to be this year. You know, I feel like, you know, every year you get to know the team so well, and it's just the beginning of beginning of that journey. So I'm just, I'm just excited to see him play, you know, hopefully tomorrow night will be a breeze. With all that said, uh, do you want to take a stab at what this, this team's record looks like? Yeah, I, I I put this team in about eight and a half wins. I know that's hedging, but you know I think you win your first three, you probably get hopefully I mean hopefully you get both, but say you get one out of two in the next two Michigan State Purdue, Penn State is real tough. I think you're gonna lose one there, and then if you split Iowa Wisconsin, so there's 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 I have three losses essentially in there. Um, with potential for one to two more. I hope, I think there's potential for a season that's better than that. Um, I mean, again, because, you know, we don't play like in Ohio State, you know, we don't play Michigan. <laughs> I'm not saying we're going to run the table or something, but, you know, it's not it's not the most difficult schedule in the world. But I would say probably eight and a half wins is my kind of over-under baseline, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I, I tend to agree. I, I think there are a handful, like I, I would say half the schedule you should look at as you need to win every one of these. Um, so the first three, New Mexico State, Western Illinois, Colorado, you got to win those. Illinois, Rutgers, Northwestern, you got to win those. The others are a bit tougher. If you go two and four, though, you know, that, that puts you at eight wins. And you could even throw Nebraska in the, you know, they're, I, I'm not going to go so far as to say they're total trash. They're just eminently Nebraska, you know, yeah, in spite of all of the advantages and talent they have. But, you know, I, it, it doesn't seem that hard for this to be a perfectly solid year. Now, I think there's great potential for you to win the West this year. I would say your, your, your odds are second best after Wisconsin. And obviously Wisconsin has to figure out what quarterback is uh and i do not think the answer they're going to get from their searching is going to be a positive one especially since uh their their backup i, I think chase wolf is his name he is out for the year most likely after tearing his meniscus in camp so their backup quarterback is uh is a redshirt freshman deacon hill so i don't think they really have an alternative to graham mertz if he doesn't suddenly figure out how to do things like not bounce balls to receivers. Um, so there's potential for them to fall back. They're severely limited by what they have there. Iowa is even more limited 
by their offense. I think both those teams are very beatable. And there's a good chance Penn State and Michigan State are very beatable. I'm going to say just as a safe bet, eight and four, you could talk me into anything between seven and five. And even I, I don't think they're going to do this. I, I don't think it's worth really considering as a super strong possibility unless like, unless they're eight and no going into November. I don't think we should talk about them potentially going undefeated, but like, it's not impossible with this schedule, honestly. And that's what I was saying. I mean, you can, you don't play like an Ohio state. I mean, you got, you got a shot in every game I'd say looking at, looking at, but based on what we, what what we think right now. And with, with that, you do feel like there's some pressure of this might be your best chance for a while to go to Indianapolis to go to Pasadena. I don't think this team has to be special for it to be a special year. Yeah. Um, it can just be good. Eight and a half is a good over under. I, I'm going to say eight is my total and will not be surprised if it's slightly less or slightly more because we got some things to figure out with the other teams. And um, this, this team, while there are questions, should be a level of competence barring injury that kind of guarantees you at least a bowl i think yeah i would say so i mean your schedule plus like what you're saying with the continuity and the competence a bowl game i would say short of a bowl game would be a massive disappointment with this group those are our predictions the first step towards a bowl game will be thursday night against mexico state the Aggies were 2-10 last year. Only wins were by 8 points over South Carolina State and by 17 points over UMass. Uh, this was not a good team. However bad Bowling Green was going into their meeting with the Dofers last year, this team is probably worse, if I'm yeah. being honest. I, I would need to go back. There's a chance this is the worst team that the Dofers have played under P.J. Fleck and will be until... Western Illinois the next week. <laughs> so Doug Martin was fired after nine years in charge. Jerry Kill is the head coach, as you might have heard, because Jerry is just drumming up some stuff for no good reason. There's ample turnover on offense, just a ton of transfers coming in. A lot of them Juco guys. So they're, they're two top running backs right now. Jamani Jones and Star Thomas both came from Juco's guy behind them. Amani Watkins is a former TCU four-star who followed Jerry from TCU. Their starting quarterback last week, Diego Pavia, um, came from New Mexico Military Institute, where he actually won the junior college national title last year. But he got pulled in the second half against Nevada because um, he was 9 of 20 for 75 yards, no touchdowns, and three picks. Yeah, that's not good. It's not good. And I, I'd say the, the last pick was not on him. He might have, you know, been he might have done better as far as like delivering a catchable ball in terms of velocity for something that caught up with Casey Thompson last week. But it bounced off a receiver's hands into a defender's arms. You know, there's only so much you can say you can do in that point. But you threw two picks that were not very fluky. He's mobile, but like he's kind of just a chucker. You you watch his Juco tape and he kind of just leans back and throws it up there and Juco defenders will let you do that. 
Division One defenders won't. And he found that out last week. And uh, he got pulled instead for uh, for Gavin Frakes, who posted a better line, but was not really much of a threat. He also seemed somewhat mobile, but he was not asked to do a whole lot. This offense, it's kind of just a generic college spread. You know, you watch it, they're, they're in shotgun every, every snap. They might do some two-back stuff. They'll rotate in this guy who's officially a linebacker as their quasi-fullback. He's just there to be a big slab of meat. And all their throws are, are short because if they weren't, their quarterback would get killed. Their, their offensive line is awful, absolutely awful. Last year, they were 113th in line yards, 118th in stuff rate, 70th in sack rate. Um, and you watch them just get dominated every time the quarterback drops back against Nevada last week. Their right tackle, uh, Amerhi, his PFF pass blocking grade last year was three. Wow. Which is, you know, that that's not good. Out of five, that's not good. No. Um, <laughs> and this was out of 100, because those of you aren't aware of PFF scale. And I don't, you know, PFF grades are what they are, but I think if, if you grade out as a three, you're probably not very good. They brought in a transfer from Southern Utah to play center for them. They've got a 352-pound left guard who's a redshirt freshman. That was his first game against Nevada. They're going to have some trouble with protection. The guys at receiver are not terribly impressive. We have a couple Juco transfers. We have a freshman on the Bishop Gorman who will play some slot for them. Looks like they're going to give their slot receivers ball as, as runners from time to time. But this is all kind of based on a limited sample here. They're tied in. Tomas Whitford actually had a decent year last year, but didn't record any stats last week. So they might give him the ball. But honestly, the, the, the key to their offense is going to be getting rid of the ball quickly, which means they're not going to be able to let long passing plays develop, especially against your defensive line, as opposed to a Mountain West defensive line that lost a significant amount. Just keep everything in front of you, make your tackles up front whenever, like, assuming you are able to build an early lead, they're going to have to take more risks offensively. And at that point, like, just, just be better athletes, which, you know, you are. Uh, you'll kill that offensive line. You'll get sacks. The only way this offense is going to threaten anything is if on offense yourselves, uh, you screw up and you give them some really short fields. And I don't think you're going to do that unless you aren't awake, honestly, because the defense last year was even worse than the offense, perhaps. Um, They have some guys who will be a bit disruptive, their will linebacker, Chris Ojo, he had 16 tackles for lost last year, plus three forced fumbles, two pass breakups. Should be a real player for them. He's also a little undersized. A lot of their guys are undersized. They also have a, a guy at the sort of hybrid end linebacker spot, the stud, 
who had 10 tackles for loss last year. So like there, there are some guys who can get into the backfield and make plays, but in general, like, I think you should be able to push them around pretty well. Their secondary was a pretty significant problem last year, both in terms of keeping plays in front of them and preventing plays from being successful at all. High completion rate, high yards per completion. Um, and they didn't have a tremendous pass rush. So I struggled to find something they do well. Um, they, they've tried to patch things up a bit. They brought in a grad transfer from UNLV to play safety for them, Bryce Jackson, who was pretty good for UNLV, all things considered. Their nickelback, Andre Selden, is a Michigan transfer, but he recorded zero stats for Michigan. There's not a whole lot to be impressed with. I think you can kind of do whatever you want here. You're big enough to push them around up front because they're pretty pretty undersized with this three-man line they got. I just, I just think you're better. In every way, you're better. This should be a really, really easy game. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't disagree. I mean, it's, it's a cupcake. And, you know, cupcakes, sometimes cupcakes aren't cupcakes, but, you know, they, they should be. So no, no reason you should struggle on this one. The spread might have moved since I took Note of it yesterday, but yesterday was 36 and a half points. FPI gives Minnesota a 98.4% chance of winning. SP Plus gives Minnesota a 99% chance of winning. Projected store of 45 to 3. Massey, 98%. They're the most pessimistic at 98%, but that might just be a rounding error. 41 to 7 is their projected store. And then CFB drafts, uh, HA Stats War on Twitter, 99.7% chance of Minnesota winning. Projected store of 40.7 to 2.5. Yeah. Um, in other words, pick your store and you should be able to get there. Yeah. Uh, you, you should hold them under 10 points probably unless there's some garbage time touchdown. Uh, my store prediction, I'm going to go with 44 to seven could be worse. Yeah. I, I, I don't see any reason why you, you, this, this should be remotely close longer than a quarter. I am more conservative. I would say I so I'm going with 34, 34, 14, <laughs> I mean, 38, 14 or something like something like that. I don't know. I mean, you know, somewhere where you're, you're, you, you thoroughly dominate, but maybe you take the foot off the gas pedal at the end and. You know, maybe they get a fluke, a fluky, some some turnover luck, or you know, some some field goals, or a some garbage time touchdown, or something. So, but that's just like what we're talking about to cut it to three possessions, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it should it should it should be thirty. It shouldn't be that close. Kickoff is eight o'clock on BTN for those those of you watching at home. Commentators are Mark Folliwell, who I am very fond of. Mavericks FC Dallas commentator and next to him will be Matt Millen who is less good. Um, weather forecast 79 degrees clear winds around 10 miles per hour uh, although I think the forecast heat wise might have actually gone up today. Regardless uh, it should be a fairly good evening good good night for football and uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to being in that stadium again. Yeah, yeah. I won't be there this week, but I hope to get there soon. And uh, yeah, it's going to be good to be good. Looking forward to watching. The other Big Ten teams are playing, obviously. Yes. 
Uh, Thursday night, we actually have a big matchup between teams that will play the Gophers later. Penn State visits Purdue, 7 o'clock on Fox on Thursday. Uh, so keep an eye on that. Um, I, uh, I, I, if my DVR works, I'll have the BTN and 60 ready uh, whenever it comes time to research Purdue and Penn State. Friday, we got a couple games, 6 o'clock on ESPN, Western Michigan, Michigan State. Probably don't watch that. Illinois goes to Indiana, 7 o'clock on FS1. Definitely um, not watch that. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty, pretty sickos game, if we're being honest. Uh, most likely. Like, the, the, you want to figure out just how bad each of them are going to be. And that has some merit intellectually, but don't do it, man. Rutgers at Boston College, 11 o'clock on Saturday, ACC Network. South Dakota State goes to Iowa, 11 on FS1. Is that is that is that intriguing? Like, it's always intriguing because of what South Dakota State is. I understand they lost a significant amount on the Lions, um, and they don't have Pierre Strong, their great running back, who I think wound up somewhere in the NFL but I don't remember if he was just an undrafted free agent who I thought everyone should be in on or what. Because of what South Dakota State generally is, I'm intrigued. I will keep an eye on it. I'm hesitant. To yeah, might not be. Yeah, yeah. Pierce Long was drafted in the fourth round. Wow. Oh, well, good, good for him. He deserved it. He yeah. was a really good player. Buffalo at Maryland, 11 o'clock on BTN. Buffalo is a work in progress under my linguist. This should be easy. Colorado State, Michigan, 11 o'clock on ABC. North Dakota visits Nebraska, 2.30 on BTN. North Dakota is better than you might realize. Uh, they had a lot of one-store games in the Missouri Valley last year, and Nebraska is Nebraska. So this could be intriguing for longer than you expect, but I'm not going to bet on Nebraska losing this one, even after the flight from Dublin. <laughs> Illinois State goes to Wisconsin, 6 o'clock on FS1, and uh, Ohio State has probably the biggest name game of the weekend when they host yeah. Notre Dame, 6.30 on ABC. Um, but there are games happening elsewhere. Is there anything that you are highlighting? Yeah, let me pull my, let me pull my thing back up here. There were a few that I'm excited about. You know, I always I always do look at, you know, where my where my friends are. And, you know, it, 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 it in many ways, my social life very much shapes the lens through which I view football through. Um, so it is natural then that I am kind of intrigued by a game that North Carolina probably shouldn't have scheduled <laughs> um, up in Boone. I don't know who I don't know who in their right mind would schedule that, but it's brilliant that it's happening I don't know how good App State is this year. I don't know that North Carolina is that good, but uh, that that just in terms of the regional sort of rivalry or the you know kind of the the upstart versus the flagship narrative uh, is intriguing there. Uh, North Carolina didn't lose in Week Zero, but they they stirred around with the worst team for longer than they should have. Yeah, 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 yeah. And App State is better than FAMU, so. You know, looking at another one uh, in the, one of the early slots that might be interesting, uh, UNI Air Force, again, just kind of in principle in terms of the programs. I don't know that UNI is expected to be real up this year, but those are good programs. Uh, could be interesting. 
Oregon, Georgia, Georgia, we'll see. I feel like Georgia's probably just going to whoop them. Uh, Cincinnati, Arkansas should be pretty entertaining. You know, then and then there, you know, then there, then there's 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 several more too. I mean, it's a pretty it's a pretty good slate, I'd say. Um, there's definitely some not. <laughs> there are definitely some a lot a lot of not great games, a lot of snoozers. You know, I know Utah, Florida. That 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 should be pretty good, right? I mean, that's. I feel like Utah might be overranked at seven. Florida is probably, you know, I know it was a disaster at the end of last year, but it's, it's Florida. They gotta be, they gotta be all right, right? <laughs> they gotta at least, they gotta at least be able to compete in this. Uh, so that 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 one could be intriguing. And there, there's a, there's a few more that I, I I find interesting, but that's kind of a brief overview of uh of, of some of the games. Well, I really wish the backyard brawl was not happening at the same time as the Dofers game. Is that really intriguing? I mean, I'm I'm curious as to what Slovis will be, and I like that the game is happening. I I can't take West Virginia football very seriously after after last year, though. I mean, JT Daniels is going to be better than Jarrett Dagey. Um, oh, I didn't realize he was there. Yeah, he is. Oh, so we have the battle of passed off USC quarterbacks. So I'm there. I'm here for it. Okay, well, I, I, I'm here for it just because I did not care about the backyard brawl when it was happening, but it's a rivalry that I've come to really, really admire over the last few years has become more engrossed in the national college football scene and, you know, all the different corners of this wonderful sport. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm really happy this game is happening again, and, I, and I'm DVRing it, and I will watch it Friday morning. I hope I can avoid this door. I doubt I will. But I'm 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 really really excited for this game just on the the rivalry alone. Friday I don't think TCU Colorado is going to be great, but it is happening nine o'clock on ESPN, and Colorado is on your schedule. Uh, yeah. Their 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 first two games are TCU and Air Force. Both both I mean I, I think TCU could be very middling this year, but Air Force. That that's a tough team. I think you should watch both of Colorado's games if you if you have the ability. And uh I think the Colorado game is on CBS, so you should have the ability. Or the the, the Air Force game is on CBS. This is a big weekend for CBS Sports Network, which is really rough when I found out this past week uh I no longer have access to CBS Sports Network. 230, Houston and UTSA. Yeah. I wanted to leave it to you. Thank you, thank you. Uh, that's a really great Texas mid-major game. And then we got another one that I care deeply about. Safeway Bowl, SMU goes to UNT on, at 6.30. I, I wish I had the means to watch these games uh, legally because um, that first one is, is just going to whip. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the second one, you know, it's a rivalry I, I, I care about. And SMU could be slightly down. UNT looked pretty good against UTEP, honestly. So there, there's potential of a good game in here. Anything in the late slot worth talking about? I'm not no, super interested slot. in the Sunday or Monday games. but Yeah, no, the late, late slot night is pretty games. weak. It's pretty weak, I think. I don't like, I don't like made New Mexico. I don't like Idaho, Washington State. I mean, I guess Boise State, Oregon State will be like, like I think I'm going to go to the State Fair on 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 Saturday night. So 
like I feel like I'll probably come back and like watch I mean just whatever game is the best out of these but I feel like that'll probably end up being Boise Oregon State I can't really imagine any of these other games I mean Hawaii just seems seems to be atrocious so one can only presume <laughs> so yeah I don't know just about that there will be a football game on my TV just about every second of the day, unless I take a nap at some point. So um, I'm not going to be very discriminate, if I'm being honest. There are going to be games I'm excited for, but for the most part, uh, I'm just ready to have week one. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's great to have finally made it. Next week, we'll talk about whatever happens this coming weekend. I think gopher-centric stuff could be pretty short honestly because yeah, hopefully ho- hopefully unless disaster strikes in any form whether that's injuries or the jerry kill revenge game the review of new mexico state should be pretty short because it's just so hard to judge anything uh against a team you're so much better than western illinois will probably be more of the same so the preview will be pretty short uh so it might be a pretty short episode outside of talking about the national scene which is you know what not a bad place to be in any any last words before we sign off this week i don't know how you how you can verbalize generic football football noises but uh yeah other than that nothing just excited to watch as am I. I hope everyone enjoys your your weekend of football, and we'll talk to you again in a week. All right, peace.